It's one of those songs that, um, you know, it turns out America's not the only country on the planet. And it seems like a lot of people believe that it is, but it turns out there are all sorts of, in fact, more than 160 other countries on the planet where songs can proliferate and become wildly popular, even if you haven't heard much about them here. That song is not entirely unknown, but Rosalia or Rosalia, depending on which way you like to say it, Malamente is one of those songs that has almost 200 million views on the internet, and it is, it's a jam, and there's a lot of hand clapping. If there's somebody I know who likes hand clapping, it's Sean Bernard. Did you notice that Minnesotans, like at any event, whether whatever it is, it is so hard for them to clap in time? It's not just Minnesotans, Sean. I'm going to say something exceptionally racist right now, and I hope you don't take it personally. It's white people. I have been to concerts all over the country and in other <laughs> countries, so and I'm so sorry, but... It sounds like such an ancient cliche to thing. It makes it makes me feel like Archie Bunker to say it. White people are, and some are exceptional at it. Some have a gift for music and for melody sure. and for rhythm and for meter. But a great number of them who they just they, they're excited. They want to get involved and they fucking ruin it. But here's the problem: like you're you're 45 seconds into it and they're clearly you know doing the off beat. Yeah, and it's. You just stare at them like, no, well, no, and, you're the only one. And there, there <laughs> you're are times, the only one doing the other piece. There are times where you can be on the one and three and you don't have yeah, to be yeah. on the two and four. <laughs> but if you're going to clap along in the audience, there's a really simple trick. Just count. You know, most <laughs> most songs, unless you're going to see some heavy math band, you can go one, two, three, four. Go one, two, three, four. It, it's not that hard. And ta, if ta, ti-ti-ta. Triple T, triple T, ta-ta. Ta-ta-ta, tiki-tal, tiki-tal, ta-ta. You know, I got it. But if you're if you're having a hard time and you're like, don't let your exuberance overtake your ability to participate in the song. I think that that's fair. My name is Brian Oak. This is Brian Oak Show, episode number 32. Tonight's guest, well, today's guest, really, since we're recording in the middle, of this episode's guest was described by Chris Rumenschnubler of the Star Tribune as <laughs> rootsy singer uh, that offers a Nora Jones-like approach to Americana, smoothing over its rough edges with a buttery, butter-velvety voice and an intimate songwriting style. I think that's a high compliment, but we're going to find out what she thinks about that during our next installment of All Female February. And we'll talk to her very, very shortly. Sarah Morris is going to be our guest on this episode. I was just taking a look at some breaking music news recently, and I'm so glad we're doing All Female February because the most recent breaking music news just bums me out. Bright Eyes announced a full reunion tour. Not interested. Primus to cover Rush on their new North American tour. Also not interested. Uh, What else do we got here? Uh, The Strokes. They have a brand new single, Not Interested, and perhaps the most boring band in the 21st century of American music, The National, have announced a headlining North American tour. Brian, Brian. No, what? Oh. 
We're still doing a show. No, I'm I'm actually fine. Here's the deal. I know people love the National, and I know Grandpa sounds very old when he says some of these things about the strokes and the National, but the National, you know, Coldplay has become this band, not Coldplay, I'm so sorry, Radiohead has become this band where they used to write really beautiful, gorgeous, soaring anthems and songs, and then they just devolved into this thing where they do sort of high-pitched warbling over bloops and bleeps, (laughs) and it's just not, to me, not at all interesting, and the National is the more boring version of that. The lead singer has a deep baritone voice, and then he picks one line and says it eight times in a row, and then picks one more line and says it eight times in a row, and I know I sound very judgy right now, but that's because I am judgy. So, I read all this news this morning. I'm like, there's going to be a great story to start this episode with, and there's just not one. So, what did I do? I went back and dug into the part of my record collection that my dad is still mad about because I stole a lot of records from him when I left home when he moved to Rhode Island. And one of them is one of the greatest female voices in modern American music history. Now, she did a ton of cover songs, but perhaps no one, and she's got that great recent documentary, the name's escaping me right now, one of the greatest female American voices, in my humble opinion, or not so humble opinion, of the 20th century is Linda Ronstadt. And sadly, her career's gotten to the point where she can't really sing anymore. Oh, it's so and sad. It's criminal. It's not okay. But when she began, you you look at the late 60s, the early 70s, she is the defining American female voice. And I never, ever, ever get tired of listening to her music.
1978 record, Simple Dreams by Linda Ronstadt, was in such heavy rotation in my house when I was young that I started to get a little irritated by it. My dad was very Ronstadt adjacent, if you will, and it wasn't until years later that I came to appreciate just what an impossible craftsperson she was, what, a, what an incredible voice she had, how she would, you know, that old cliche about like, well, when they sang a song, they made it their own, which people say about Sinatra, and I still don't believe, but Linda Linda Ronstadt was that way, and although the song was originally done by Warren Zevon, it was actually Jackson Brown who brought the, brought the song to her, and if you listen to Zevon's version, it's got some slightly more dark L.A. elements to it that she's like, I can't sing that song. No, we're changing some of the words in this song, but then she made it a big hit, and it was also part in part the producer Peter Asher, who had been in the band Shad and Jeremy, and who, um, well, he was very Beatles adjacent as well. My name is Brian Oak, and I am in, I guess I would say I'm smart start adjacent, but not not necessarily in the way you might think. <laughs> Smart Start MN are the primary sponsors of the studio that we record this show in, and they are Minnesota's original ignition interlock company. What does that mean? Well, let's say you or someone you know has had a DUI. Hopefully not, but it does happen even to the best of us. Now, you are going to need to get back on the road. You are going to need to get back to your regular life, and it's going to be an uphill climb through a lot of that stuff, but being able to drive, being able to be mobile, being able to get back to the regular parts of your life, these are important aspects. They can get you back they're faster and cheaper than you ever would have guessed possible and they're also really really good guys yeah i know somebody that uh lost their license for two years but they were able to use smart start the whole time and able to drive their kid to volleyball matches and all that stuff go to smartstartmn.com slash the brian oak show for 20 percent off the installation uh it's important that you do that so they Know the advertising's working. That's kind of an important thing when you sponsor a show. I see. So if like if, if people go, where do they go again? Smartstartmn.com slash the Brian Oak Show, or they can just click on the banner, the hyperlink at BrianOakShow.com. Brian Oak Show. We have a website. We do have a website. It's groovy and neat, and all the kids have them. And for a premium subscription, I occasionally do a little webcam show now and then. You do a, a you do kind of a puppet show. I call it. <laughs> It's not quite toilet tunes, but <laughs> you're you're a puppet show. Speaking of toilet <laughs> tunes, uh, let's go ahead and introduce today's guest. I want to first just start by saying hello, Sarah Morris. How are you today? I'm good. How are you doing? It's, I'm doing very well today. Uh, it's nice to meet you. I had one of the most restful night sleeps I've ever had, and I woke up today not like feeling like well, yeah. I mean, of course, I woke up feeling old and tired because that's who I am. <laughs> but comparatively speaking, I slept through the night. I woke up and I'm like. Today is going to be a good day, and part of it, in all sincerity, was knowing that I was going to sit down and talk to you face-to-face because you are a dynamic individual who, I don't know, it's evident when I watch your YouTube series, Toilet Tunes, just how <laughs> dynamic you are, but it's also obvious how much people like you, your Aww. charisma is obvious, but before we talk about your music and how good you are and the fact that you have a brand new record coming out on Friday, which is exciting... <laughs> I don't have the benefit of a proper bio. I mean, I'm at your website, Mm. but apparently your story is so rich that it's hard for me to retain all of this information. (laughs) So rich. It is indeed. Where are you from, Sarah? Uh, Originally Northeast Minneapolis. Okay. And then I moved all the way to Falcon Heights. Whoa. I know. So you're like a troubadour. You're like a traveler. Yeah, just crazy. No, I grew up. Then, like, the bulk of my life was right down the street from the State Fair. Mm-hmm. And uh, I lived in Nashville for a while. 
And then I moved back to Roseville. All right. Well, I think we buried the lead there a little bit. I think we buried the lead. Yeah. You grew up near the State Fair. Yeah. So was the State Fair something you loved? or was it, So for the Minnesota State Fair, for anybody who's not from Minnesota that's listening to this podcast, mm-hmm. it's one of the, I think maybe the second biggest State Fair in the entire country. Sometimes the biggest, depending it, on how you are looking at it, if it's, yes, per day. I think or it's got like, the largest permanent State Fair, permanent state yeah. fairgrounds in the country. Mm-hmm. Texas just does theirs for like three weeks so right. they get more people. But so it obviously has a gigantic impact on that neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Did you love the state fair growing up or did you hate the state fair growing up? I loved the state fair and Same. I still love it. So do I. Yeah. I've never paid for parking. Never, not ever. Well, that's because you were right there. I was right there and then I got a job at the fair so that I can continue to never pay for parking. What I mean, I get I work there also because I like it. But, what's, but what's your job at the fair, if you I, don't mind my asking? Oh, I'm, I'm a state fair. I'm a runner. A just runner. doing the fair. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so very I, good. I deliver soda. Yeah, so no, I, I love I, I love the state fair. Yeah, and, it's um I've never, I think in my 51 years, I've only missed one year of being there. I love it. Now, my wife hates oh, it. Oh, that's hard in the same house. Well, but you know what? Actually, it's not because my daughter loves it. And okay. I'm like, all right, bye. Because she, she hates crowds. And she's like, where are we going next? Where are we going next? And my daughter and I are like, mm, that looks tasty. Let's put 4,000 calories in our mouth and wander <laughs> on this hot, sweaty day and see what's next. Yes, there are irritating parts. but So I didn't mean to get past that. But then no. you go from Falcon Heights. Can I ask you what the impetus is to go from Falcon Heights to Nashville? Like, how did you get to Nashville? What made yeah. you go to Nashville? Uh, I had gone to college for um, music ed and studied like classical music and all that. And I knew the whole time I was doing that, that I, I really wanted to try singing in a, a country style. Because in high school, I fell in love with a boy who introduced me to country music. And so... Um, Not today's hot bro country, but like proper country 90s music? country. Okay, 90s, well, which was, so we're kind of splitting the difference was, there a little bit. Oh. I don't know. I thought it was a, it was its own golden age. So, so give me a couple examples of artists. I mean, like, are we talking about? Uh, give me a couple examples. Sure. Uh, well, Diamond Rio, Garth Brooks, okay. Patty Loveless, Trisha Yearwood. Oh, now see, Allison Krauss. Oh, oh Allison. See, Krauss. now Allison Krauss to me is not in the same. Now, and I'm not trying to denigrate some of the bigger bands that you just mentioned, yeah. but to me, you're sort of covering a spectrum, and I'm glad that you enjoy a spectrum because there is straight up commercial country, even if you sure. grew up enjoying it and Alison Krauss although she has certainly has commercial appeal I mean she's one of the most ridiculous amazing female performers of the last 50 years and she was everything too I mean she really was the one that was like I kind of want to do what she's doing and so um so after college I just set this goal I'm gonna like save up three thousand dollars and I'm gonna move to Nashville and that's what I did and uh, I wanted to be Alison Krauss, and Alison doesn't really perform songs she writes. She takes, you know, she covers other people's work all the time. Mm-hmm. And but I read a book right before I moved there that was like, if you're going to Nashville, you have to write songs. It's the only way. Well, because so many songwriters go there, it became sort of the new L.A. or yeah. the new Detroit. I mean, you you had to. So many songwriters go there to just try to ply their, if not be stars, to write their stuff. Yeah. So that was sort of what happened was that once I got there, I was like, well, I better start trying to write songs. I really didn't write any. Like, I missed all the teen years when I should have been writing about all my feelings then. I'm I'm doing it now. Luckily, you still have some good feelings, yeah? I have some feelings, Okay, good, Sarah, good. Yes. So, so yeah, so I moved there. I lived there for four years, so I call it the grad school of life because it's when other kids are going to grad school. 
And uh, bartended, waited tables, sang in writer's nights, did lots of co-writing. That sounds way harder than grad school to me. <laughs> I'm, and I'm not joking. I know that grad Maybe. school's no joke. But, I mean, you're working, and then also in what little free time you have and what, what little bleary-eyed sleep right. you get, you're also trying to write songs and really make it. That's not an easy life. Yeah. It's a fun life, though. I yeah? mean, I found Nashville to be such a welcoming town because... So many of the people are from other places, right? So yeah. it's like as soon as I started, I my I moved down with one of my best friends. We arrived on our apartment that we found on the web. We never even saw any pictures of it because it was Uh-oh. 2002. And so some websites didn't have pictures, but we picked it based on its proximity to the Bluebird Cafe. It was like a block from that. We we're like, well, we know that's a good area. So we'll go there. So we, um, you know, we drove down in a car and to this apartment that turned out to be just fine. I guess you don't have to see pictures. It's all good. Ooh. And <laughs> don't know if that's advisable in all cases. I'm glad it worked out for you, but I don't know that that's always advisable. Yeah. Quick question before you continue telling the story. Yes. So obviously at some point, Nashville sort of became the new Austin, right? Like, I mean, Nashville yeah. got hot. And uh, so were you arriving as that happened, after that happened, before that happened? I don't really know what the evolution of say... Nashville is. Uh, I mean, it was hot. It was 2002 to 2006, but it wasn't the level that it is now because it was still, I feel like people still viewed it as where country happens. And I think it was after we left, after like the Nashville TV show happened, you know, that people started to think of the town as like just this fabulous destination because now it has eighth of the world's cranes are in Nashville. Because they're building so because quickly? Because they're building so quickly. I mean, we're talking like those crazy cranes yeah. that like are building the, the condos that are in northeast Minneapolis yes, right now, like impossibly huge an cranes. An eighth of the world's an cranes eighth. are in Nashville building like new high-rises. And it's crazy. And I remember a few years ago, I traveled for a music conference, and I hadn't been there in a few years, and I was walking down the downtown streets, and I was like, it smells... It smells like New York here. It smells <laughs> oh, like trash. Wow. Does that mean like? Does that mean like urine. a sharp? I, I was yeah, going to say mean, a was, sharp smell of urine. Yes, I was like interesting. Hmm. Well, <laughs> interesting, but also also hideous. Hey, before we hear any more of your story, I know that you want to play a song for us by one of your favorite sure. inspirational songwriters. But I also know that you have a new record coming out. Yes. Um, do you mind if I hit you with a curveball? Can we hear one of your songs before we hear one of your sure. inspira- one of your inspirations? So you have a new record coming out on Friday. What's it called? It's called All Mine. All Mine. And is this a long time in the works, or do these songs fall out of the sky in the course of two weeks, or how how they work for you? Yeah, so I do most of my songwriting in a real kind of steady base where I'm when I'm writing, I'm writing a song a week. So some of the songs came out of the same season. Of writing, but there are a few outliers on there that are like five years old, four years old, um, but they just were the songs that fit together. I just love the process because yeah. in addition to being a songwriter and obviously very charismatic, you're also a mom. You have a real life you have to live you in do. the meantime, and so you're not always just allowed to be like, everyone leave mom alone. She's in the basement working mm-hmm. on music right now. Right. Never. Yeah. No. <laughs> wow. Wow. It's, oh, well, I've got more questions but. for you, but I feel like we should hear some more music. So Sarah Morris is our guest. New record out on Friday. Tell me the name of it one more time. All Mine. All Mine. And thank you for being here on The oh, Brian Oak Show. Thank you, Brian. Hint of the grand design, a peek at the master plan, a whisper that the cards I need are already in my hand. 
A couple of neon signs Shaped like an arrow Saying right this way To the path I meant to travel A bit of confirmation I belong where I am at I could use some of that the forest every time but I can tell you the secrets of a single pine I get lost but I don't mind as long as the story I find is all mine Tonight I will repair what slowly come apart And revel in the comfort of my quilted heart Put some brand new strings on this old guitar And sing my way through another false start If I'm lucky, the words will come out right Phrases at once simple and sublime And as long as they are true I don't care if they rhyme But wouldn't that be nice? Oh, I've been stumbling around a little blind So I've missed the forest every Time, but I can tell you the secrets of a single pie. Oh, I get lost, but I don't mind as long as the story I find is all mine. The miles and miles of the right, wrong turns, the lessons I. Tried hard to learn each beautiful scar I've earned on mine. Oh, I've been stumbling around a little blind. So I miss the forest every time, but I can tell you the secrets of a single. Sarah, how old were you when you found your voice? Oh, that's a deep question. I know. I, I'm sure that it's probably not over yet. Yeah, I, I know no. that. I know that it's a process. But at some point, you round the corner, and you're like, not only do I like to play, but I know how to write. And it doesn't mean that you have to be 
drowning in yourself or your ego. But at some point, you also have to come to the realization that you have a voice. Yeah. When do you think that you finally, or when do you think you first felt that? I think I first felt that a little tiny glimmer of it in 2011. So I, my son was 18 months old and he was super highly verbal. So like the first year of his life or like 10 months, he didn't, you know, speak obviously because that would be creepy. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're in a cool horror movie, I mean, but then even more creepy right, actually. So good call. Right, good call, right, Sarah. Right. Good call. So, you know, but you spend those months like just trying to figure out heck anything means, you know. And so then he started talking and, and then I was like consumed with that. And so at 18 months, he was uh, really like full paragraphs. And at that point, when he could just tell me what he wanted, it was like space opened in my brain again in this beautiful way. And it was like, oh. and so I had this burst where I wrote six to eight songs and recorded an album and started to feel like I was finding my voice, like for the first time. Because in Nashville, is I learned so much and it was so awesome. But I do feel like when you're there, you want to write the next hit song. And the well, hit song is what other people want to hear, you know. And so so I would say that was the first glimmer of it. And then I got pregnant again and the and I was dumb. I get dumb when I'm pregnant, you know, like well, my, you have, my, you have a few other concerns. <laughs> right. I don't know that you got dumb. No. You just, your life gets a little busier and it's a little stranger. Like, it just gets like, I, I remember not feeling the creative. I was creating something else, you know, so I was busy. Right. So then when she was a year old and it kind of felt like, oh, things are smoothing yeah. out. Uh-huh. That's, I was busy. <laughs> it was busy. So, so are, you, are you still in Nashville when you have both your children? No, we're back. We moved back. We're okay. only in Nashville for four years. And so when you, what what was the impetus moving back? My husband wanted to go to law school and he got a scholarship to William Mitchell. Oh, well, you can't fight that. That was it. And yeah. it really felt like appropriate timing. You know, I kind of at that point knew I didn't want to be the next country singer, but I, I had this idea. It's hard. Like in Minneapolis, you can get paid to sing. Yes. In Nashville, that's not happening a ton. It's a crowded market, and it's, yeah. I feel like it's one of those sort of like um, those real steep pyramid things, the bell-shaped curve. Like, if you're at the very top, even then it might be hard to book regular gigs and get paid enough to yes. live. And if you're even a little bit further down the slope, then you might get a consideration. You might be able to be at an open mic night that's got so, 45 people, but it's going to be hard to make a living. Right, exactly. And I and so it just it felt like the right time we knew we wanted to be in Minnesota for having kids and all that. So. So, yeah, so we moved back here, and I did play for a few years before having kids in town and, uh, you know, kind of found my footing as someone who could play and sing because I wasn't really skilled at that before. And um, But, yeah, having children made me want to make sure that I was intentional and serious about my work in a way that before kids I kind of was a little more aimless. Well, and I think, I mean, having a child myself, although no longer a child now and actual as she and I like to refer to each other. She says, you're a grown-ass man. Get your ass to work. And I'm like, you're a grown-ass woman. You get your ass to work. Uh, she's 21 now, but I think that when you talk about being more intentional about life in general, I think kids inform part of that, not yeah. just in terms of your artic- artistic you know, expression, but just in the way you comport yourself. That song we just heard, is that the title cut from your new record? It is the title cut. How Was your new record a labor of love, or was it like putting together Franken- Frankenstein? Did it Was it easy, or was it all uphill and blood, sweat, and tears? Uh, It was easy, and it was blood, sweat, and tears. I don't think it was all uphill, but there was definitely, I mean, it was. there were challenging spots for sure, but 
you know, I don't know. I feel so lucky to get to do this work, right? I love this work. I love that I've somehow figured out a way to make this what I do with most of my time. You know, like people, someone's like, well, what do you do with your, you know, but what else do you do? You you play shows and you're a mom. I'm like, dude, that is every minute. I mean, I'm. Because, what else do you do? Because, <laughs> those, those are people who clearly have never toured, <laughs> written music, or had children. Yeah. Because what else do you do? There aren't enough hours in the day to do no. that. No. I mean, while I'm like, while we're having this conversation, person, I'm writing a song in my head. <laughs> yeah. About do you. Know you, that? About you, you jerk. And you're, <laughs> you're going to be the focus on the new record. Right. Hey, before we talk more about the new record and the shows that you have coming yeah. up in the very new future sure. to promote that, and also Toilet Tunes, which yes. is so enjoyable and spontaneous <laughs> and brilliant, you did bring up another artist that you find very inspirational now here is why i love that you picked patty griffin because two of my favorite performers in town one a former co-worker of mine carrie noble she and i did a morning show together for four years on the rare occasion that we would you know i mean and again, i'm joking around but we would go places we would have to go to events we would go have lunch we would go to a meeting if i ever let her drive because she is a maniac she's a very talented driver but she is a maniac patty griffin is always what was in the CD player always and I'm like if someone as powerful and evocative as Carrie Noble can't listen to anything else but this I want to know what you love about Patty Griffin before we go into this song oh when I first heard Patty Griffin um so she writes all of her songs mostly and uh I remember she has this song called Rain and she wasn't following all the rules Right. Of the songwriting that I'd been, you know, immersing myself in in Nashville. And, and for someone ignorant like me, what rules isn't she well, following? Well, it just wasn't like she used she used the word shroud, for instance. And and nobody knows what the hell that word and nobody means. Nobody knows what that is. Right? And in general, my feelings with with lyric writing is I want to write something as I would say it. But there's something about the way she sang that word and that she wrote it that I was like, I actually totally believe you, girl. <laughs> like, yeah, I know about shrouds, too. So that is that's where I fell in love with her. But she is such a. She's such a powerful live performer, and uh, and her CDs are all clearly specific works of beautiful art. She gets, you know, it's, no one's making Patty Griffin do anything. Would you agree? Because the thing that, so when I saw a couple people who fell in love with her, like that made me realize their love of how powerful an artist she is, there's not really anybody else quite like Patty Griffin. Mm-hmm. She has peers, she has colleagues. There's not an analog. There's not someone who does exactly what Patty Griffin does. And so even if I don't love every song, when I put it on, I realize, oh, this is, there's a reason this is a hallmark. This is a keystone for people who appreciate songwriting. Even if you don't exactly copy her, it reminds you, man, you can step outside the space and still create create music that's going to influence people's lives. Absolutely. And this song that we're going to listen to is from her album called Downtown Church, where she actually took a bunch of covers and she went to a church in Nashville and recorded it there. It's got it's it's a very awesome album. I smell a rat, baby. I smell a rat, baby. You better watch I smell a rap
There's really not anyone else like her. So that whole record is all covers? Yes. No, she's two originals. Okay. The one that Emmy Lou sings with her because she's good buddies with Emmy Lou. Emmy Lou. As oh. we all are. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one that Julie Millie, Miller sings with her. But yeah, but it's it's a concept where she recorded it in downtown church in Nashville. Fantastic mm-hmm. news. Um, Sarah, I'm going to ask you a question before we talk about the record, your upcoming series of tour dates. I mean, you... What else do you do? The fact that someone asks you what else do you do, I'm like, you know, touring, writing music, being a mom, having a family, doing that whole bit. There's there's, there's literally not any other time in the course of the day you were kind enough to mention to me, and I'm not trying to shame you because I live this life, <laughs> but the fact that you had yesterday your first hangover in a decade oh, is, is wonderful. <laughs> now, I don't, even, I don't even want to talk about the hangover. Okay. What I want to talk about is I want to talk about why the hangover happened because, mm-hmm. you know, we are in awards show season. Yes. Again, I'm not trying to shame you. I don't even want to know what you drank. <laughs> Seriously, though. Yeah, you, you do. Oh, Chardonnay. I went downstairs and got the good Chardonnay because I knew the upstairs Chardonnay would have been a worse situation. Yeah, crap. Oh, no. You'd, you'd still be in a hangover situation right be, now. Yeah. yeah, I got you. Um, so, but you, the reason that you were even in your first approachable hangover mm-hmm. situation in a decade is that you were at an awards show where you snapped up a couple of awards, from what I understand. I did. What was the award show you were at? Uh, so the Midwest Country Music Associ- Association mm-hmm. had their annual awards, and I won Songwriter of the Year and Americana Artist of the Year. Songwriter of the Year? I know. And now is that for new music or music that you had put out recently? So I think the Songwriter of the Year is... Uh, I ha- I didn't release any new music in 2019. Okay. So um, I'm assuming it's just for the body of work. They are, or... I mean, I certainly wrote many, many songs. And the thing about the way I write is that anytime I write a song, it goes on the internet right away. Mm-hmm. So people see what I write a lot. So I, I think that um, that maybe even though I didn't release anything, that maybe qualified me. And so the Midwest Country Music Association, yeah. I don't know exactly what the actual boundaries of the Midwest are. Like, do we go as far west as Montana? Do we go as far east as Ohio? It, not yet. So okay. right now they have six states. And I know that it would be Iowa and Wisconsin and uh, Illinois, and I think the Dakotas would okay. be my guess. But they're they're looking to expand. I don't know. So when you go up and accept your award for Songwriter of the Year, which let's be honest, I mean, that's obviously one of the coveted ones. I'm looking at some of the other final nominees here. Modell, Noah Alexander, Russ Parrish, Zach Nordo. Are you one of those gracious people who is like... <laughs> I share this award with everyone else, or do you, are you up there and you're like, you're throwing them the double whammy and you're like, look who won, look who won. Oh, I hope I was gracious. I did not mention my fellow nominees. Which is fine. I just, I just wonder like where we're at on that spectrum right. because sometimes the good Chardonnay can cause bad choices. <laughs> I, I got a little teary because honestly, being a songwriter, like other than calling, hearing someone call me mom, like that's the best thing. I want to write songs all the time. Like I, I, it is the most sacred process in my life. Like sacred thing I take part in, and so that meant so much to me. Um, I yeah. So I and I gave it. I dedicated it to my family because they put a lot up with a lot of crap from me when I write a song. I'm not a friendly person. Like when I'm in process of writing a song. Oh right. Yeah. I was going to say, I don't know. You seem pretty cool. I I, I can hang out with Sarah for a while. But, like, if I'm really keyed up about a song, like, I don't want to talk to you while I'm, because I want to just work on the song. Like, I want to, I want to be, um, you know, in my alone time space, I guess. Um, so, but then the Americana Artist of the Award, of the Year Award, I was, um, nominated with 
some people I'm really close to, one of them being Vicki Emerson, who I'm actually in a duo project with, The Home Fires. And so I did dedicate that to her because she inspires me all the time. And she is like uh, locally, I think, one of the, you know, the, the people who've brought... Oh, they forgot her N. Well, it's Vicki Emerson. I'm sorry to interrupt your sentence. I just, as I'm looking at the page on their their thing, Vicki Emerson. Yeah. There's no N at the end I of her name. I don't know that girl. That. But Vicki Emerson, <laughs> I know very well. And so I did dedicate my award to her because I felt like that was the thing. We're definitely going to get another live song from you because that last one almost made me cry. And I feel like Aww. it's not a complete episode unless I'm actually crying. Oh, okay, well, I'll get the tears song. Oh, good. Oh, no, wait, no, no, we'll make it happen. Don't go out of your way. I mean, I, I'll probably cry I'm with or kidding. without you here at some point. All right. That's kind of my jam. Um, but before we talk about any I more love, of that. That's it, your jam. That's a great jam. Well, I, you know, I learned a long time ago that if you feel something, I mean, unless it's rage or hatred or beating. Mm-hmm. Let it out. Like, really? if you if you have an emotion, if you're frustrated, if you are, especially if you're sad, the people are like, I don't cry. I'm cool. To me, it reminds me of, and this is going to be a really gross analogy, and I, I'm apologizing. <laughs> have you ever known anybody who plays trumpet or, like, a, yeah. a horn? they got a spit valve on them, yeah, right? Yeah, they do. If you don't open that valve and let that stuff out... Yeah. It becomes a terrible, terrible place to be. So, if, if I see, if I see, a write a good, song about that. If I see a good, you know, a good insurance commercial about like a dad watching his daughter grow up, and at the end of it, like sixty seconds later, I'm like, I'm not buying that insurance. Because it was beautiful. You let it out. Like I just, I'm not yeah. afraid to cry. Right. That's so my point was, before we go any further, I want to talk about Big Turn, which is where you're going to kind of kick off this uh, next string of dates. Yeah, and, yeah. and also Big Turn, if people don't know about it, is, I thought Midwest, I mean, and again, I don't want to start a competition. Big Midwest Music Festival is beautiful mm-hmm. in Winona and La Crosse. I've been there the last five years. Big Turn has so many artists, it's sort of hard to fathom, and you're going to be one of them. But before we get to that, if people want to find your music, they want to find Sarah Morris, what is the very best place for them to go? Uh, probably SarahMorrisMusic.com, Sarah mm-hmm. with an H, Sarah Morris Music. Because um, there is a everything. Sarah Morris in New York, and I'm not sure who the hell she is, but yeah. she she seems to be biting your rhymes, and I, I'm, I'm a bigger fan of yours, There's I'm going to be Christian honest. There's a Christian Sarah Morris in Texas, too, that, that released a whole Christian album. Any good? I don't, I've never heard it, but I did have this one woman come up to me once and she's like, I need you to know that your song, Psalm 23, just got me through the hardest part of my life. And I was like, oh, I'm so glad. I gotta go now. Palms palms to the sky. Palms to the sky. I was like, it's not me, but I couldn't tell her she was so, No, I I hope she's not listening. Don't ruin it. Trust me. Look her straight in the eye and you just say, amen. Amen. Right. Hallelujah. That's it. That's can it. I get a witness? Can I, can I get a witness? Um, so SarahMorrisMusic.com. Yes. That's Sarah with an H. And do you like to do Insta, Twitter, all that stuff? I like Instagram stuff? and I like Facebook. I still don't like Twitter and I only go there when I have to. Like if you want me to go there and tweet about the show, I will do that. But I'm not going there any no, other reason. Twitter is a cesspool. Facebook is for old people. Twitter is. I'm a, an old uh, person. Twi- well, so am I. Well, you're not that. Well, you, well any, in any event. Well. Uh, so, you know, I, I would like to go to Facebook, but I'm still in Facebook jail. Twitter <laughs> is a poisonous pit of vipers. You're right. It is evil. It is yeah. dark. It is a wrong place to be. Insta, I'm still trying to learn. Hmm. I'm not very good at it. Where would someone find you on Instagram? Uh, Sarah Morris Music. That's the only one that makes sense of mine. The other ones are weird anyways. But Instagram is my favorite. Okay. I like pictures. 
Is there a way to, so, and again, I know I'm utilizing the wrong terminology. So every time I go to Instagram and there's something I really love, you can hit the heart button. Yes. Is there a way to promote someone else's post, like to retweet there someone is. else's you have Instagram? To get a separate app. What? I know. It's. All right, well, it's cumbersome. Let's not waste anyone else's okay. time here with that. You can tell me all about it later. <laughs> uh, you have a brand new record. Give me the name again. It's called All Mine. Okay, and you, your next show, well, I know you play tomorrow, but you're part of, on the same day the record comes out, February 21st, yes. you were part of Big Turn Music Festival, which has over 200 bands and artists playing, which is massive. But when you think about that compared to other festivals, so the, the thing I love about Midwest Music Fest is, there's so many bands and you know one weekend it's Winona the next weekend it's someone lacrosse or vice versa $75 all weekend gets you into literally everything and it's startling Charlie Parr is going to be there you are going to be there S. Carey is going to be there Porcupine The Big Woo Jeremy Messersmith Rogue Valley Mark Malman Lydia Liza who's been on this show before Ben Weaver Static Panic General B and The Wiz who are a great Winona band Humbird, who I mm. saw last time I was in Winona, and she's incredible. Love she's so Siri. Good. She's oh. my favorite. Matt, will, she has a. Let me finish this list, and we'll come back to her. <laughs> All right. um, but the number of people, Farewell Milwaukee, is going to oh, be there. Cool. The number of people who are going to be there that have already been on this show, and that's just on sort of the. That's in the large type over on the right. Tommy Bent's band is going to be there, and I know Tommy really well, and members of his band. I, it's too many to list, but it's in Red Wing, and I, I don't know how many venues it must be at to get 200 bands to play in two days. It's like 23, I think, or something. It's pretty amazing. It yeah, is, and, and Red Wing's close. And everyone's limited to 45-minute sets. Perfect. So, which is nice. You just get, like, you get a little, and you move on, and yeah, I think it looks like it's really well set up, and I'm playing there with Vicky Emerso. <laughs> as part of the whole Vicky, fire. I'm sorry. It's not me, Vicky. It's not me. It's them. <laughs> as part of our... Is our project the Home Fires? All right, very good. And yeah. so, and so, if people again go to sarahmorrismusic dot com, yep. that's the first of many gigs that you have yeah. coming up in the not too distant future. Yes, you got the brand new record on the way. Um, let's just—I don't want to spend too much time on it because I want to hear another song from you before okay. we talk about Toilet Tunes, um, which I know to people who haven't seen it probably sounds a little odd. But uh, well, stick yeah. around. How does the toilet make that sound? Exactly. Right? Well, you have people. Standing in it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> tell me, so my last time at the Midwest Music Fest last spring, spring of 2019, uh, down there as part of a music showcase for the radio station I worked at at the time, I had literally never heard the name Humbird mm. before in my mm-hmm. life. And then what I like about that is you go into something with low expectations. You know, you know there's going to be talented artists there, mm-hmm. but you go in with low expectations, and then all of a sudden you realize like someone has to press the bottom of your chin to shut your mouth. She was remarkable. Tell me her name and more about Humber. I think Humbert. she's a star. I mean, when I saw her, I've seen her live a few times, but I remember like one of the first times I saw her solo just being like, shut your face. What is happening now? <laughs> she was in my bathroom recently, actually, for Toilet Tunes. Uh, but her name's Siri Unlin, and, and her album Pharmacon that came out last year, is it's stunning. I just, and again, even if someone's good at writing music, so Sean, I know you're a fan and a friend. I just, for someone who even writes great songs, live isn't always the thing. And so when you watch a live performance unfold where you're just sort of like, I don't have anything to say and I'm watching this until it absolutely ends and then may try to throw some money up on stage to make it keep going because it was I I was blown away and she's so humble I know her and her sister leave Um, they're both from South Minneapolis and uh, Siri is so humble yeah 
I think that, like, I wonder if she knows how well she's doing. And she also goes out and tours with yeah. her crooked heart. Uh, they just went to California together. But, uh, yeah, I, I went and saw her right next door at the Parkway uh, when she did her CD release party and was just same thing. My wife and I went and we're like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I know her and that she's yeah. doing this. But. Yeah, live, perfo- like, live, she's really... I don't know that there's anyone else like her. But you're right there too, Sarah. Uh, I mean, it's been so cool <laughs> watching you perform. And, you know, that the night that I saw you at the warming house, I had heard your music, but I'd never seen you live. And the coolest thing about the warming house is people sit, well, at least that night, they sat forward yeah. and really listened. And, I mean, I know it's a small venue, but I always hear from the artists that they love it because people are paying attention. Right. They're not on their phones. They're not clinking drinks and everything else. And yeah. it's, just so it's cool. about as intimate a room it as is. you can get yourself yeah. into. Yeah. So speaking of, before we get to your next song, if you don't mind, if we can yeah. have one more live song, is that yeah. cool? Yeah. All right. Very good. Uh, we should mention, speaking of the warming house, Sean Bernard, who is business partner, producer, Bon Vivant. Um, he is um, also a realtor at 50th in France. And as part of what you do for a Dino Realty, every time you make a sale, make a transaction, part of that money goes to the nonprofit music venue, The Warming House in South Minneapolis. Yeah, it's on 40th and Bryant. Uh, it's in the basement of Farmstead Bike Shop. And everybody, if you buy or sell, I uh, not only do a donation to The Warming House, but everybody gets a membership for two for the entire year, and that gets you uh, into one show per month for the year for you and a guest. So you're telling me that if someone had bought a house from you, in addition to having the new home of their dreams, they also could have, if they had chosen that as the show that month, gone to see Sarah Morris live. That's exactly right. Huh. I used to sled on the hill right next to there when I was a little kid, so it's <laughs> kind of life comes full circle. I've always been a huge music fan. Uh, never much of a player myself, but have loved music my whole life. And to be able to support Brianna, who I've known, yeah. I, I just quickly, I met Brianna Lane. I was at the Dubliner pub and she was performing and I had a couple of, maybe a couple of Jamesons in me. And I said, <laughs> is there any way we can do a song together? And she didn't bat an eye. She's like, yeah, let's do it. And That's I awesome. sang and she did harmony. And it was just a really fun night. And we've been friends ever since. She's so, so good. She she's, so she's great. Good. good people. So if you are uh, looking to buy or sell, 612 859 uh, 612-859-2594. You can go to com and look up Sean Bernard. You'll see my large Irish head. <laughs> it's hard to miss. There's no question about wow. that. Uh, Sarah Morris, we're going to talk about toilet tunes, but let's do first, if you don't mind, is this song you're about to play off the new record? Yes. Yep, we're in promotion season right now. So <laughs> <laughs> yes, Brian. That, that's, kind of, that's kind of how all this works. I was just making sure. I love it. So tell me the name of the song, and if you want to share any information about the song, yeah. you can do that, or you could just make us learn by experience. <laughs> Well, this song is called Don't Come Clean, and um, I like I wrote it for one of my writing prompts. The word was sterile, and I was really irritated. I hated that word. I thought that was a gross word to be inspired by. But then, What is a writing prompt? So we most of the writing that I do, um, I'm part of a group where on a Sunday we get a prompt, a word, or an f- image, and we have a week or two weeks to write a song inspired by that word. So you don't have to use the word. You just have to, where does that word prompt you to go? Explore the space. Yes. I always think of it as like, what's my first response? Like you say banana, and what do I feel about that? I don't have many feelings about that. I don't like bananas. But Whoa, who doesn't like bananas? Hate is a feeling. This girl. <laughs> okay, Hate well. is a feeling. 
something. You don't get to pick what you love. Um, I always, that's one of my catchphrases. You don't get to pick what you love. And if you don't love bananas, yeah, that's cool. It is the ultimate convenience food. I know, I know. But... It's nature's perfect snack. It comes, comes in, in its, its own wrapper. But you can say that about avocados now, see? Oof. Except they've got that big inedible thing in the middle. They do. They yeah. do have that. Let, you know what? Let's not get no. distracted by fruits and vegetables. Let's hear the music of Sarah so Morris. Okay. Go ahead. Or you can say anything. Or you can say nothing at all. I don't mind If we sit in the quiet I'll hear the change in your breath As I start to trace your fingertips with mine And oh, I know better than to Harbor expectations of where this might be going Oh, I have only one condition if you're gonna come to me please don't come clean don't come perfect don't come shiny and new i want to see behind the curtain show me every speck of dust that makes up the whole of you come a little messed up Come broken, cracked wide open. Cause I got a feeling that's how the love gets in. Go ahead, when I turn my face to you, you can. Close your eyes or search my own Then whenever you're ready You will find me here Unafraid to take things slow Oh, I know better than to give into illusions Of what lies beyond this moment Oh, I have only Condition if you're gonna come to me Please Don't come clean Don't come perfect Don't come shiny and new I wanna see Behind the curtain Show me every speck of dust That makes up the whole of you Come a little messed up Come broken, cracked wide open Cause I got a feeling that's how the love gets in Cause I am messed up I am broken a million pieces wide open. So if you're gonna come to me, if you're gonna come to me, please.
Don't come clean. Don't come perfect. Don't come shiny and new. I wanna see behind the curtain. Show me every speck of dust that makes up the whole of you. Come a little messed up, come broken, a million pieces wide open. 'Cause I got a feeling. Yes, I got a feeling. That's how the love gets in. Well, good. I'm wrecked for the rest of the show. So that's fantastic news. Wow. Sarah Morris, uh, an incredible song. Tell me the name Ooh. of that one again. Don't Come Clean. Don't Come Clean from the new record, All Mine, available on February 21st. And if you're listening to this after the 21st, mm-hmm. well, that means it's already sitting right there. It also means that you've already missed her at the uh, in Red Wing at the Big Turn Music Fest. But it doesn't mean you can't see her live. You're going to Texas for the last week of the month. Yes, with Vicky. We, we've decided to go to Texas every uh, February. Good call. <laughs> well, because usually, I mean, it, it's been up and down. It's been brutal and it's been mild. Yeah. It hasn't been overly snowy. Not the worst winter, not the best winter, but there's something about going to Texas. Yeah. So what's going on in Austin? Why Austin at the end of February? Uh, Texas is really lovely for singer-songwriters like yep. us. Um, they are kind of like the warming house where people lean in to listen. They're mostly just doing that. Yeah. That's in all the places. They're just really um, good listeners. I did this contest songwriting contest a few years ago in texas um and i it just kind of changed i don't know i never experienced anything quite like the listening that i felt at that at that festival and um when i've gone back so so yeah vicky used to tour quite a bit before she had kids and she had a lot of great texas connections so that's how we started going and we just had such a good time that we're going back how'd you meet vicky Oh, Ellen Stanley, Mother Banjo, oh, yeah. introduced, she was like, you both need to meet. It was really lovely timing because it was 2015 when we met and I didn't know very many other music moms, right? I thought, I had a lot of music friends. All my music friends were men in their 20s. <laughs> and then I had a lot well, of- Well, there's a lot of them. And then I had a lot of mom friends. Yeah. And I had no music mom friends. And yep. so it was so special to meet Vicky and she's hilarious and uh, we just always have such a good time together. And so we started sharing shows just because it was cheaper to go on the road together. And right. then um, we had so much fun singing together that we kind of realized it had its own voice. And and so writing songs to that project is different than like writing for myself or for herself. So your project with Vicky, uh, the Home Fires, yeah. if people can't make it to Red Wing on the 21st, which yeah. is just a few days here, will there be more opportunities maybe in the coming year? Oh, yeah. We've got lots of shows. One really great local show that I have coming up is um, Thursday, March 5th at the Aster. Mm-hmm. I'm in the round with Vicky. Uh, like as our solo projects, and also Jillian Ray and Annie Fitzgerald. Wow! So it's going to be a real fun night. Those are all women that I adore as humans and musicians. They've all been in my bathroom, you know. <laughs> Which you're going to talk about in two seconds. For sure, we just have to keep saying it so that yes. people yeah, keep no, listening. Just normalize like, it. It's like, fine. What, what's going on? What is going on in Sarah's bathroom? bathroom? Like, there's 
Oof. I mean, like uh-huh. irritable bowel syndrome? <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> before we get to that, though, before we really get to the bottom of what's <laughs> happening in Sarah's bathroom, I do want to thank audioquip.com. Uh, I want to thank Buy Rebecca Studios. Not like Buy Rebecca, but like B-Y <laughs> Rebecca Studios. Just the other night, she had a chance to photograph Brandy Carlisle down yes. at the brand new um, Fillmore Theater, which was a lifelong dream of hers, and she and I were texting back and forth about it. She's provided all the pictures for our website. Amy Stubblefield Bartell, who has done our website for us. Dave Gatsmer, who also goes by Plug Industries, who has designed so much of our stuff for us. Who am I forgetting? I think that's it. Okay. Well, you're Sean Bernard. I'm Brian Oak. We're not saying goodbye just yet because really, again, talking about burying the lead, your <laughs> your strongest presence on YouTube, if you yeah. don't mind me saying. No. Now, your songs have gotten lots and lots of views. People apparently think you're a very good musician. Aww. Hard to imagine why as I'm sitting over here like, don't cry, Brian, don't cry. It's the first time you've met her. Don't cry. But those are both beautiful, brilliant, they insightful really songs. They were, they were wonderful songs that you played. Thank you. Um, but you also have sort of a charismatic women musical aspect to what you do <laughs> and you understand the world we live in which is wonderful you do something called toilet tunes which is different like you know sean and i both have backgrounds in morning radio and so toilet tunes is a lot different than the friday morning fart song you know, <laughs> that's not what this is about <laughs> right, now, is that actually your bathroom that you're in yeah it's my bathroom okay so it's your bathroom <laughs> but it's basically it's a camera that's well, i don't know i it's mean a, maybe- it's on my phone I okay, do it so on my phone. You set up your phone. <laughs> I set up my phone. And it's you and usually sometimes another artist. But then, I mean, again, spoiler alert, plug your ears if you want to like go through them all yourself. <laughs> you every once in a while, there's someone pops out of the shower or someone else comes marching in. And every once in a while, there's too many people in the bathroom. I really like my bathroom <laughs> time to be alone time. But they're your songs. They're your friend's songs. What was the, what was your original? Did you ever, like, did you start out doing them by yourself? Yeah, so the reason, so the songwriting group that I am in where we have to write a song every week, you're supposed to put a video, and I started doing it in my craft room with the, where the kids could get to me at any time. This was totally silly of me. <laughs> and so, and I also have two dogs, and so there was some point where I was like, why, I, I need to be in the bathroom because there's a locked door. I mean, that was the... The uh, whole thing. Oh, trust me. I'm familiar with, when you were in a one-bathroom house and you have animals and children. Yeah. The ten animals minutes, are worse. They, ten minutes. Oh, way worse. They but, open the door all the time with their nose. Oh, and the cats, too. They just sit there and look at you like, what yeah. are you doing? I'm like, uh-uh. do I follow you <laughs> right, into the right? litter box? You do don't? I, no, I don't. Not anymore. Anyway, but please continue. <laughs> yeah, so that was that was where it started, the singing in the bathroom. And then I did a Kickstarter a few years ago where one of the uh, levels was I would sing a cover song for you. And my intention when I offered that was that I would sing it at a gig. I thought someone would want like a dedication song or whatever. But my friend who I'd known for years, uh, she backed at that level and she said, but I want to sing it with you. And I was like, well, that's great. And she said, can I sing in your bathroom? And I was like, okay. So just for the acoustics just, or because it was, she wanted my to videos? dig through your medicine no, right. cabinet, it's right? A boring yeah. cabinet. But she'd seen my, she'd seen my solo videos. So she wanted to come in and sing a cover song. And after, and we did that and it was super fun. We sang Emmy Lou by first aid kit. Mm. And, um, then a few weeks later, Katie Vernon sent me a message oh, yeah. and was like, hey, can I come sing in your bathroom? And I was like, yeah. And then a few weeks later, Ben Cook Feltz sent me a message and was like, can I sing in your bathroom? And I was like, well, this is great. And <laughs> and every time, so when someone else comes into the bathroom, they sing cover songs. And the rules are, um, it's supposed to be something that you don't really know. And we practice for 15 minutes or less is the goal. You know, tiny rehearsal time and in one take is the goal. Love it. Um, and 
yeah, I just film it on my phone. And then we post it. I make them. The only thing I make them do is that afterwards we have to go down, sit at my dining room table, and post it at the same time. Okay. Because I pretend that that matters to the Facebook algorithm. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so I've had the wonderful opportunity to sing with all these great people who I can't always go see in person because I might have a gig or a school thing or something. So it's Or been because a gift. you have a family and a life yeah, and yeah, you're yeah. busy. But it's just, it's really been a gift. And usually we talk a little bit. Like Jim Walsh was in not long ago and we talked for, I was like, it's so nice to talk to you without all the white noise of the venue behind, you yeah. know, it's just mm-hmm. getting to have real conversations with people that you enjoy. So I suddenly feel like you and I have been biting Sarah Morris's rhymes because most of the names you've rattled off. And as I go through the playlist on your YouTube page, I'm like, we our Venn diagram is mostly a solid circle. There's only yep. a couple that we haven't shared yet. But Sean, start taking notes. Let's share we, we are going to. Yeah, I would love to. Let's I check would, those boxes up. By all absolutely. means, let's absolutely do it. Um, Sarah, this is where we're going to say goodbye. But before we do, yeah. tell me the name of your new. The new record is All Mine. All Mine, and it's all out on February twenty uh, first. Yes, and all the places. And then you're all the places, and then you are going to be on tour. Uh, you're going to Texas for a little while. Yeah. For the end of February, but then there will be plenty of shows over the course of the spring and the summer for people to come and enjoy you. I play all the time. Okay. Yes. Well, good for you. Yes, sir. Um, this has been delightful. Thank you so very fun. much. Yeah, Thank I, you. I really appreciate it. And your uh, your music, I'm excited to hear the whole new record. I just... Me too. Apparently, I have to wait until Friday as well, wow. Sean. So. I got copies hmm. in the minivan. I can't... Oh, what? I know. Okay, well... <laughs> In the minivan, God, you, <laughs> I, you are you are endearing yourself to me with more and more with each passing moment. Uh, before we go, I want to thank everybody who's ever been a supporter so far of the Brian Oak Show. In particular, our Patreon account members. We will have an announcement coming up soon about our March event. At least once a month, we're going to try to do a live music event available only to Patreon supporters. If you'd like to know more, patreon.com, Brian Oak Show, and you can support there at any level you feel comfortable. But at some point... When this shit really starts getting big, Sean, it's going to be VIP only. You know that, right? Yep. Fingers crossed. All right. So check that out there. Feel free to get in touch with us. We appreciate that. I got one last song for you tonight before we leave. You know, I was looking at all the music news of the day, blah, blah, blah. And then some mornings, and, you know, Sarah, I'll bet you have this where, apropos of nothing, you wake up with a song in your head. And it doesn't really matter what genre it is, what era it is. You just, but you can't get rid of it. And it's in your head all damn day. Does that ever happen to you? Oh, yes. Oh, well, this song, I haven't been able to shake out of my head for two days. And I'm not trying to be like Mr. Nostalgic Old Guy, but I've had a hard time shaking the 90s out of my head. And we're doing all-female February. So I'm going back to a band called That Dog. Now, That Dog, they did it all lowercase letters with a period at the end of the G. Mm. I'm not sure why, because the Internet hadn't really happened yet when they hit, so you didn't really need to distinguish yourself from the surrounding crowd. But they were wonderful. Um, They had a couple... Couple of the Hayden sisters in the band. The main person in the band was Anna Waronker, and her dad was some bigwig at Warner Brothers. In fact, I believe her brother was the drummer in Walt Mink here in the Twin Cities. Mm. Sorry, I'm telling a very convoluted story. But what was interesting to me is two of the female members of the band were part of the famous Hayden triplets. Petra Hayden played fiddle, and the bass player was, I've got to find her name here real quick, uh, Rachel Hayden. Now, they're other sister, 
Tanya Hayden was the cellist, and she's married to Jack Black. You're oh, familiar with wow. Jack Black, yeah. the Tenacious D? So those triplets, their dad was the world-famous bassist Charlie Hayden, jazz bassist, and their brother, the brother of the triplets, <laughs> was the lead singer of the band Spain that also made some brief ripples back in the Amazing. 1990s. An incredibly musical family, but this song sort of, this song and this band sort of strikes that sweet, sweet spot for me between the heavy guitar and drums of grunge but the beautiful harmonies. Growing up, the first records I stole from my dad were the Birds, the Beatles, the Beach Boys. I don't matter. I don't mind how loud something. If there's not a hook, that I'm not really interested. If there's not something to rest your head on lyrically, musically, then I just I can't I can't listen to noise all the time. But I love this song so much, so I'll stop talking and we'll play it and we'll see you on the next episode. This is that dog not covering covering Romeo Void. Just a song called Never Say Never.